0: Greatest
1: country that this world has ever seen. All right, what's going on, America? And welcome to the newest episode of the Dear America podcast. Hang on, let me put the Do Not Disturb on this computer so you won't hear the annoying dinging. If you're not watching this on YouTube, you need to go subscribe right now because we are going to talk about this Asbury Revival Thing that's going on. Is it a revival? Is it not a revival? Is it of God? Is it not of God? Is it good? Is it bad? We're going to talk about all of it. We're also going to talk about, um, Damar Hamlin in a weird interview. We're going to talk about aliens. (laughs) We got a lot of things to talk about. We got a lot of things to get into. Um, so we're just going to jump right into it. We're going to switch to the research camera here. And I'm going to bring up my first thing, uh, because those of you who love the show, you always talk about how you like to hear about the stupid news of the day. So that's exactly what we're going to bring you uh, before we jump right into this stuff that's going on here. We're going to split screen this right here. All right, so here you go. So a lot of people, everybody knows about what's been going on with, uh the, uh, do we have aliens? Are we in an alien encounter? Are we not? Blah, 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 blah. So (laughs) it started off with them saying, no, there's no aliens in there. What are you talking about? Are you crazy? And now Fox news is reporting and you can't make this up. This is an actual tabloid. Again, if you're not subscribed on YouTube, watching this, you're missing out. Here is Fox news today. White House tells governors that thousands of objects in the skies aren't aliens. However, they could be a bird, a plane. No, they could be used car lot balloons. (laughs) That, yeah, I don't really know. (laughs) I don't really know what to say other than that. Used car lot balloons. That's where we are, people. We went from... Uh we went from hang on my my volume is way too high in my headphones there we go okay so we went from uh we can't confirm nor deny that these things aren't UFOs to now it went from aliens to uh no those are those aren't spaceships those aren't planes or or tech from another country no those are in fact Used car lot balloons. Uh, The flying objects number in the hundreds, if not thousands, and could be anything from used car lot balloons to aircraft launched by commercial enterprises, a White House official said. Well, you know, if the White House said it, then by God, it must be true, because we all know that the White House would never lie to us about anything. Uh, And so... Ugh, I don't know, guys. The, the more and more things go, the more and more I just, I just want to give up on humanity as we go through here. All right, we're going to jump right into this. Like I said, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. When the going gets tough, you can count on big business to have your back. Well, actually, no, you can't. Because we all know big business, especially big wireless business, is going to lock you down into multi-year contracts with huge penalties. But not Pure Talk, the no-contract wireless company and the only wireless company to offer a 100% money-back guarantee. That's right, Pure Talk is so sure you're going to love their ultra-fast 5G service that if you don't, they'll give you your money back. So instead of paying a fortune to Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile every month, check out Pure Talk. Go to puretalk.com and enter the promo code G-R-A-H-A-M, that's Graham, to save 50% off your first month so go to peer talk.com slash gram to save 50%. That's peer talk.com slash gram. Restrictions apply. See site for details. However, I can't not talk about what happened with Damar Hamlin in this really odd interview. Um and so we're going to bring this up here. We're going to make it big so everybody can see it here and, and I'll play it in just a second. This is on ABC Uh, The news this morning is Michael Strahan uh, talking to DeMar Hamlin about his experience. Everybody knows the Buffalo Bills, uh, number 3, DeMar Hamlin, literally died on the field uh, for about 10 minutes. Everybody thought he's brain dead. It is an absolute miracle that DeMar Hamlin is... Here, I guess, making cognitive sentences and and talking to people. Uh, we talked about his blasphemous jacket the other day after literally the entire nation. I feel like we're praying for his miraculous recovery. God grants it. And then you blaspheme God on your jacket. But I digress. Here's the here's the thing michael strahan and i'm going to play it so you can hear it if you're not again if you're not watching it on youtube you're missing out but i'm going play it and here are the issues that i have okay actually let's just play it and then and then we'll go from there so here we go
2: from the icu the question on so many minds what caused his heart to stop beating you're 24 peak physical condition could run circles around me right now <laughs> <laughs> How did doctor describe
1: what happened to you? Um, 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 that's something I want to stay away from. Stop. I know. Um, that's something he wants to get away from. So if you look at his, his face here, and we're going to play that again. What did the doctor say to you about what happened? You can literally see in DeMar Hamlin's face, it it, it is a moment of like, oh my gosh, what do I say here? Oh oh my gosh, what in the world am I supposed to do here? Just listen again. And for those of you who are watching, you can literally see it in his face. But just for the record here, let's do it again. What happened to you? Um, One, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, eight. Um, that's something I want to. Stay Took right him there. a solid eight, eight count to figure out what he wanted to say, and what he wanted to say was that's something I want to stay away from. My question is this: Okay, I personally believe it's because of the vaccine. I think a lot of people believe that. We've just got at this point there are far too. Many things going on. That's my personal opinion. Uh, you know, whatever. Uh, apparently, the CDC did an investigation, and I got fact checked for simply posting a Fox News clip of them saying the CDC is going to look into it. And I got fact checked saying CDC didn't find anything. That's not true. Okay. I don't know how you fact check a news report, but either way, here's the thing. And here's my question if it's not the vaccine, And if it is something truly medical and Damar, there's no way that Damar Hamlin does not know what happened, or at least there's no way that him and his doctors don't have at least some theories on what happened to him. My question would be this. What is the reason that you would not want to talk about it? Um, The whole world saw it. You're literally giving interviews now. The sole reason you're on the interview is to talk about what happened to you. If it's not a gigantic cover-up and the NFL is not paying you a bunch of money to keep your mouth shut and or holding your NFL contract over your head to keep your mouth shut, why would you not want to speak out to potentially save other lives? If it is something that other people need to be aware of, why would you not want to do that. So I personally believe somebody has commanded this guy holding money, either paying him money or holding a contract over his head. Keep your mouth shut. That's my personal opinion. And If you watch the video and you literally, we counted right there, eight seconds. It took eight seconds for him to think about a response. And that response is that's something I don't want to get into. Why? Why would you not want to get into something like that? These are the questions that I have for DeMar Hamlin. I just don't understand it. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It seems a bit fishy to me, but you know, what do I know? Maybe, maybe I'm a dummy, right? may, may I'm just a redneck from Mississippi people. What do I know? All right. So this next thing that we're going to get into here, we're going to get into uh, this uh, World Government Summit. I didn't even know this was a thing, but apparently it is a thing. And, and, and these are two clips from Elon Musk. And it's all going to, it's really weird how God does this. It's all going to merge into the Asbury revival and talks about Jesus when it's all said and done. And I think it's really interesting. Uh, one, I um, <clears throat> this first clip is going to be Elon Musk Let me switch back over to the research computer here. This first clip is going to be Elon Musk uh, talking about the dangers of uh, a one world government. And this is about a minute and 52 seconds. And I think it's incredibly vital that we listen to it. So that's what we're going to do. Uh, I think it is absolutely true. Uh, There is a push in our world right now. Let me switch back to this camera. There is a push in our world right now to to make all governments work together cohesively as one world government. This is absolutely a horrific idea. It should not be this way. And even Elon Musk, and I don't agree with everything Elon Musk says, just to be blunt here, but this is extremely profound. It's extremely correct. It's extremely accurate. Here are the dangers of a one world government. And let's get into it right here. Let's pull Elon up. And here we go.
2: One thing I should say, on, and I know this is called the World Government Summit, um, but um, I think we should be maybe a little bit concerned about uh, actually becoming too much of a single world Absolutely. government. Um, if, if I may say that we want to avoid creating a civilizational risk by having, um, frankly, this may sound a little odd, too much cooperation between yep. governments. Um, you know, if you know, if you look at, say, at history and the rise and fall of civilizations, um, really all throughout history, civilizations have risen and fallen. But it hasn't meant the doom of humanity as a whole because there have been all these separate civilizations that were separated by great distances. And so, um, you know, say, like, while Rome was falling, uh, you know, uh, Islam was rising. And uh, so you had, like, a uh, you know the the sort of caliphate do, doing incredibly well, while Rome was doing terribly, um, and that actually ended up being a source of preservation of knowledge uh, and and, uh, and many uh, scientific advancements, and so um, so I think we want to be a little bit cautious about uh, being too much of a world, of a single uh, civilization, because if we are too much of a single civilization, then if if we if the whole the whole thing may collapse correct um i'm not, obviously not suggesting war or anything like that but i think we want to be a little bit wary of actually cooperating too much it sounds a little odd but um but we, we just we, we want to have some amount of civilizational diversity such that if uh if something does go wrong with some part of civilization that the whole thing doesn't uh, collapse uh and 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 you know humanity keeps moving forward
1: i agree completely I agree completely with that. I I, I think, I think that that's actually very sound, um, insight. I think that's very sound judgment. Uh, I I think that, um, one America is supposed to be a Christian nation. I know a lot of people, "Ah, you can't say that. (sighs) Yes, I can. Uh, there would be no America without God, the end. Um, and I don't particularly think, uh, do I think there should be, you know, uh, Synergy between governments to where governments can work together, sure, but each government needs to maintain their own value sets and principles, uh, especially in a democratic republic or a, that that is um America where the people dictate how the government's supposed to go. Now, I know that's kind of laughable in our current state. I know that a lot of people are like, "Yeah, that's not what's happening." Um and and you're not 100% wrong there, but the, but but the, the the point still remains the same that that's what's supposed to happen. Anyway, okay, so I agree, all right? But I just thought that that was very interesting to hear. Now, this next segment of Elon Musk. This is how weird God is and this is how awesome this is going to be. Despite the US blowing through the 30 $1.4 trillion debt ceiling in January, the leftist White House still refuses to reduce spending. While our national leadership has buried their heads in the sand when it comes to fiscal responsibility, it's time to pull yours out. Now would be a great time to diversify into gold with Burge Gold. Burge Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k or even Just your savings account, ladies and gentlemen. All you have to do is text the word GRAHAM, that's G-R-A-H-A-M, to the number 989898 right now to claim your free info kit on gold and then talk to one of their precious metals specialists. Think about this. To dig our country out of this mountain of debt, every single taxpayer in America would have to write a check for $247,000 and it's only getting worse. Protect yourself with gold today by texting the word Graham to 989898 98 98 with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers and countless five-star reviews. You can trust Birch Gold to protect your future. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to your family. Text the word Graham, that's G-R-A-H-A-M, to 989898 98 98 right now. Elon Musk is talking about aliens. Now, as far as I know, Elon Musk is not a Christian as far as I know. Um, <clears throat> but this statement he makes, he keeps referring to in this clip, he'll refer to, um, and this is a change that I've seen Elon do. Uh, Elon used to 100% believe it, that there were aliens. And now he seems to be shifting that there are aliens, which I don't believe there's aliens. Um, But then he starts referring to humanity being this light of consciousness, and it's this fragile flickering flame throughout the whole world and throughout the whole galaxy, Um, which sounds an awful lot like Christ telling us that we're supposed to be the light of the world um, and how easy it can be for that light to flicker out if we do not turn our hearts to the Lord. And so even though this is not a Christian thing he's trying to say, it has a lot of connotations to it that if you really listen to it, it is it is quite powerful, uh especially when you think of it from a Christian perspective. So listen to this. This is Elon Musk saying this stuff, which is which is interesting, okay? So uh here we go let's pull this up here let's get it ready Q, people Cue. i love this new computer there's no lag thank you jesus here we go
3: ufo be shot one over alaska lake huron so and they're
1: Canada. asking about aliens alien no alien
2: <laughs> I, I don't think it's aliens no okay um i, I mean i do find the, the whole question of of aliens um a very interesting one, uh, you know, what is typically called the Fermi paradox, which is that if the universe is really as old as, it, as science seems to think it is, and as and the, the where are the aliens? Um, True. If, or have we really been around for 13.8 billion years? No. If So where sh- shouldn't there be aliens all over the place? Yeah. Um, why do the crazy thing is I've seen no evidence of of alien technology or any alien life whatsoever, um, and I think here I, it's I think I know. A shift. Um, You know, SpaceX. We, we do a lot. I mean, I think I know. I don't think there's anyone knows more about space, you know, than than me or at least the Listen. space technology. here we go. Um, so. But I think it's actually a troubling thing if there are no aliens as well, which is that, all, <laughs> our, that they, what, what that actually could mean then is that uh, so, sort of civilization and consciousness is like a tiny candle in a vast darkness, and and, and a very vulnerable tiny candle that could easily get blown out, um, and I think we should therefore take great care with what may very well be this tiny candle in a vast darkness. And make sure that it does not go out, and that we extend the light of consciousness beyond Earth, um, and do everything we can to ensure that uh, the light of consciousness does not go out.
1: Now, again, that clip was him describing uh, the, the the human race as this light of consciousness in the vast darkness that is the world and the galaxies, etc. Because you know, if there is no aliens, then we are this fragile truly unique species right the, the, this truly unique thing and, and it's amazing to me the 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 parallels of what Elon is saying because he's approaching it from a obviously a genius perspective a truly uh intellectual thought etc but what he is actually describing uh you know being a light unto the world and a light unto the universe that's actually very biblical in the fact of that's what Christ demands well not demands but that's what Christ expects from Christians and, and I just think that that is very interesting coming from Elon Musk I you know God works in mysterious ways man and I I, I am beginning to see a change in Elon, which is kind of interesting to see in real time. Two years ago, Elon Musk is smoking pot on Joe Rogan talking about aliens. Like, oh, there's got to be aliens, blah, 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 blah. And now, slowly but surely, Elon Musk is like, you know, I, I don't really know if there is because I feel like we would have seen them by now, especially if the world's 13.8 billion years old like, you know, people think it is. Then there should be something. And if there's not something, then that means that humans are truly special and unique. And I I don't know. I thought that was very powerful. Maybe you guys didn't get anything out of it. Maybe you did. Uh, But that brings us into the whole purpose of this episode, which is what is going on in Asbury. So we're going to bring up, uh, for those of you who are not aware, there is a revival, quotations for some people, and, and, and before i start talking about this i am not the expert on what actually defines a true revival in a place and 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 what is fake i guess um i'm not a pastor i'm not a theologian I'm just a Christian. I'm just a guy that, that is going to present to you what is going on. I'm going to present facts for and facts against. And, you know, we're going to kind of open it up for dialogue here. So, so when I get done, email me at Graham at DearAmericaMedia.com. I'll tell you my opinion at the end of this. I don't want to be like a coward and like not throw my, throw my thoughts in the ring. But, but I feel it very important to say while we discuss these things, I am a lover of Christ. I I love the Lord. I I seek the Lord all the time and I fail miserably. And and I believe we'll get into it and then I'll 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 wrap it all up in a bow here. All right. So this is an actual news report, secular news outlet that is going to be reporting on what's going on um, in Asbury. I think this probably says it best. And so we'll do this first. Go here, asset thing here. So here we go. This is Lex eighteen. Um, I guess this is a local news outlet. Uh, but but here we go. This is what they say about what's going on in Asbury. Again, is a routine chapel service at Asbury University has turned into
3: something much bigger. Now people are coming from other cities and colleges to be a part of what's happening. This is John true. John explains that are in cool. tonight's Lex eighteen big story at eleven. On a Friday night at Asbury University, a chapel service doesn't really seem all that unusual. For the people here tonight, though, this is something different.
1: There's just like not even words to describe it.
3: Because it's not really a Friday service at all.
2: We've been here 56 hours.
1: Like something
3: <clears throat> this is what a 10 a.m. Wednesday service has become.
1: It just never stopped. People just never left, never went to class, never went to lunch. And um, then later, people started coming back to chapel.
3: Ava Miller's a freshman. She was here Wednesday morning when this started. She said when it ended at 11, people just kind of lingered and the band kept playing. Since then. People have come in and out continuously keeping the service going. Administrators have brought in food and water for people. Miller says it's spread beyond Asbury's campus.
1: Last night we had people from Transylvania. We had people here from Asbury, of course, like UK. We had in the middle of the night a bus from Mount Vernon Nazarene College come down with just a bus, of like a van of students that just came. Um, Ohio Christian University. There's a revival that's like breaking out there.
3: Administrators here say this kind of thing has happened a few times over the years. In February 1970, there was one that went on for 144 hours. However long it goes this time, they hope it leaves an impact. And so our prayer is, is that God would be honored and that students' lives would be changed, but all of our lives would be changed. In Wilmore, Sean Moody.
1: All right. Okay, so that's that one. Uh and I want to ooh, that's wrong button. I want to play you <clears throat> another clip, and that was more like an official clip. This is a clip of a young man that's there who is just giving what appears to be a testimony here. Um the the interesting thing about this is there doesn't seem to be like it seems to have just broken out. It is is an interesting thing. It doesn't really seem to be like I don't know, like a, like, a, like a real front person leading or directing this thing. It just seems to be kind of happenstance, but it just keeps going. So let's listen to what this young man says, because I think it's very powerful. Um, and then after that, we'll, we'll, we'll deep dive a little bit and do some research here about this.
0: This is revival. It isn't hype. It's ordinary people crying. It's a story we've heard about. It's come. And it's not just come here today, but it's about to spread out to the nations. It's about to spread out to the United States. I'm here to talk to every young person in this room. I just gave my life a year and a half ago to Christ and it has been the greatest thing I have ever done. I left everything and I'm here to talk to every young person in this room. Forget the job, forget the girl, forget the guy, forget everything, he's worthy, he's worthy. And I'm here and I'm just saying, oh, it's such an honor. If you don't feel that joy inside of you, I don't know what's going on, it's real.
1: Okay, so I don't really know how you argue with what he said there. Uh, That seems very real to me. Um, You know, there is a overwhelming joy and an overwhelming uh, sense of this. And so, all right, so let's read some of the doubters here. So this is uh, from my good friend, Sean Foyt. He says, attention, believers... Don't dunk on the Asbury revival just because it doesn't fit what you think revival should look like. I see young and old worshiping, praying, and repenting hours on end. Only God births moves like this. Let's celebrate and receive and ask for more across America. Again, I agree with that. January, the most refreshing and frustrating month of the year. Why? Because you set out with lofty goals. You stick to them for about two weeks. Then you fall right back into old habits. Well, lucky for you, I have a goal you can accomplish today and feel great about it. It's called the protect your family by getting a will. Goal. And you can check that box in five minutes for as little as $119 at epicwill.com slash Graham. That's G-R-A-H-A-M. And you'll save an additional 10%. So I just made it easier. Look, you need to protect your family. I know that most of us don't want to think about death, but it is a real part of reality and life, and we need to make sure the ones that we love and care about the most will be protected. Think about this. 50% of Americans don't have a will. Choose to be the smarter 50%. Go to EpicWill.com gram Graham and get 10% off, and then you can laugh at your friends who failed to accomplish their goals because you're better than them. That's EpicWill.com gram Graham now. But let's bring on a skeptic here. And and, and forgive me, I mean, this is kind of wordy here, but we're going to try to read this thing. Oh, that's the wrong one. We're going to try to read this thing in real time for you guys. Because like I said, there's a lot about this college that I don't know. I know they're Wesleyan, which is a denomination that I don't agree with. Um, but But I think it's important to read it here. And that's what we're going to do. So here we go. <clears throat> Why we should be very skeptical. Ugh, I can't talk. Why we should be very skeptical of, let me pull it up here so you can see it, of the Asbury revival. Okay, so let's read here. If you've been following the Christian blog sphere, social media, or news cycle, you're probably aware of the reports of supposed, yeah, 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 blah, 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 blah. blah. I want to preface this by saying that God can bring true revival whenever he pleases and that he can use whatever means he pleases to do so. But as Christians, we should always use caution when discerning anything that claims to be a move of the Holy Spirit, as it would be completely irresponsible not to do so. As with everything we do, we must compare what is taking place with Scripture and test everything... uh, and test every spirit to see what they see if they are truly from God all right this is where they talk about it breaking out this is social media post let's get to his thoughts here Uh, The event said to have started after a chapel service focused on confession and repentance has attracted a group of students who claim to have experienced the presence of the Lord through worship and communal repentance. And for those involved, the experiences and testimonies of a transformative encounter with the divine, they say, are real and powerful. Uh, While the university and its students are enthusiastic about the revival, some are questioning the validity of the claims and the rapid spread of the event through social media. The revival is being compared to a similar event that took place in the 70s. Yeah, we heard that in the news thing. Okay, here here's here's where we go. The revival is being compared. Blah 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 blah. Uh, Century look at what is going on. Reveal what is going on is not attracting. Solid Bible-believing Christians, but false teacher and heretics. Okay, so full transparency, I don't know this Todd Bentley guy, okay? Apparently he's a false teacher and a heretic, and this guy lays out what he does in here. So this is a Twitter post from Todd Bentley. Um, <clears throat> he says, I'm booked to spend several days in the Asbury Revival in Wilmore, Kentucky this week. This is a sovereign outpouring uh, I'm going to soak in for a few days. Let's catch it. Spread the fire. Who is hungry for God too? hashtag awake awakening hashtag follow for follow on updates of revival. Okay. So this is uh, Todd Bentley. Todd Bentley was disqualified as a minister after it was found out that he was caught up in multiple sex scandals. Bentley once claimed he healed seven deaf people in one night and also claims to have raised from the dead. On one occasion, after claiming to raise someone from the dead in a hospital, Chris Rosbro called the hospital only to say that there was no record of what Bentley claimed. Asbury University is associated with the Wesleyan Holiness Movement, which Charles Johnson, a Reformed Baptist pastor, noted that unless what's happening as Asbury leads them to repent of promoting and supporting feminist Marxism, it's not truly biblical revival, which leads to a reformation of the affections, um, along with a return to biblical doctrine of the church. Okay, so like I said, Wesleyan is a denomination that I don't agree with. Um, Let's see. And and I'm going to read the hard things on here. All right. Asbury University, like most progressive churches, schools and denominations promote women in the pulpit. A clear violation of God's design for the church. Asbury is also very theologically lax on homosexuality and teaches revoice side B Christianity. They've got that in quotation marks out. I don't know if that's like a real thing or not. Theology, as Pastor Johnson stated, a true revival featuring repentance and faith should turn people away from the false teachings and cause people to hunger for God's truth as revealed in his word rather than a superficial emotional display bought on by music. Now, this is interesting. Now, this, this is like a full-blown attack on worship music almost, which is interesting here. Okay. Now I'm not going to go into, you guys know where I stand on homosexuality, the LGBTQ community, etc. I I feel like I don't need to be like, well, I think this, Da da you guys already know where I stand on that. I think that there's a lot of weak churches, 99% of them. Yes. 100% agree. All right. But here's the part that I do have a slight issue with. So let's read some of this here. All right. Charismatic religious movements, particularly those associated with the third wave, are well known for their utilization of emotional manipulation tactics, particularly through music. These movements tend to prioritize, uh, I don't know that word, some type of gatherings uh, where participants from different denominations and even altogether different beliefs come together over a strong emphasis on doctrine in theology. In fact, the teachings and preaching aspect of such gathering are often secondary to the use of music as a means of inciting emotions and a sense of unity among participants. This approach to worship undermines the importance of sound doctrine and scripture teaching in shaping a person's faith. What we are seeing take place at Asbury right now is quite a bit of, um, of emotional manipulation. While pursuing social media for clips of the event in nearly Every one of them there is music being played that was written by false teachers and much uh, and much of it has lyrics that are questionable at best or even outright unbiblical. Personally, I am unaware of any historical true revivals that took place while a false Jesus was being presented. Is it possible for some people here to truly get saved and brought to repentance? Sure, is it possible Sure, it is possible, and I wouldn't want to downplay a true salvation experience. As I said, God can use any means he pleases to bring someone to faith. However, he has chosen and ordained the preaching of his word uh, truthfully and without adulteration to bring unbelievers to belief in him. It's possible uh, that enough of the gospel was preached during this event to cause some to come to faith, but it's unlikely that a movement that doesn't cause mass repentance from false teaching um, to be a true revival. And further, it is unlikely that a movement that attracts false teachers, charlatans, and prosperity gospel pimps to flee is a true movement of the Holy Spirit. I disagree with that last paragraph 100% um, that a true movement of the Holy Spirit would not attract false teachers, charlatans, uh, and prosperity gospel pimps. I would actually think that a true revival would attract those people so they could have an experience. In an encounter with Jesus, um, maybe I'm wrong there, but I disagree with that. That whole th- that goes to the whole being a you know uh, being a uh, a light into the darkness, right? Like if all we attract. Anyway, but let's do this. So what I did was I just looked up revivals, like definition of revival, Christian definition of revival, etc., and I found. Multiple things here. So uh, basically the word revival literally means renewal or awakening. It's literally what it means. Uh, Let's see. uh, The King James dictionary definition is one to bring again to life, to reanimate, to raise from languor, depression, or discouragement to rouse. Uh, Revival refers to spiritual reawakening from a state of dormancy. Sorry, I'm having to squint. I can't get my screen to go over and like, it's super small. I apologize. Uh, Revival refers to a spiritual reawakening from a state of dormancy or stagnation in the life of a believer. Now that is interesting to me. So that article talking crap about it, and 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 again, I don't agree with the Wesleyan denomination. However, I also believe that God can choose to ignite revival wherever He sees fit. <clears throat> that person was basically saying that music and worship music is a form of um, <clears throat> emotional manipulation, which I do not agree with at all. Um, there's a reason that Lucifer, <laughs> uh, Lucifer, music. There's a correlation there. Worshiping the Lord, like that's a very real thing. Uh, it's a very Direct um, connection with the Lord, worshiping the Lord, etc. Um, I disagree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, I don't agree, agree with that stance. Um, I do agree that if this church is having a full blown revival, that they will turn from these false ways that they believe, which is laxed things on LGBTQ, etc. However, the biggest thing with that article that I read was that a true revival is, and again, I preface, I'm not the expert on this, okay? I'm just telling you what I've read, what I've researched a little bit here is that person's opinion is a true revival is massive repentance coupled with teaching at the same time. So, people can be brought to the faith, right? But if you're looking up scriptural, and I literally just ty- typed it in scriptural definition of revival, not Wikipedia, not Webster's definition, like King James, Old Testament definitions of revival. And it all relates to uh, dealing with stagnation and or the reawakening out of a state of dormancy in the life of a believer. Well, doesn't that mean someone who already is a Christian? Doesn't that mean reigniting something in them that makes them a Christian already? So, you know, let's go a little further here. What is a Christian revival? So I'm going to lean in a little bit here on this one. Let's go split screen so you guys can see it too. Um, Revival refers to a spiritual reawakening from a state of dormancy or stagnation in the life of a believer. It encompasses the resurfacing of a love for God, an appreciation of God's holiness, a passion for his word and his church, a convicting awareness of personal and corporate sin, a spirit of humility, and a desire for repentance and growth and righteousness. Revival invigorates and sometimes deepens a believer's faith, Opening his or her eyes to the truth in a fresh new way, it generally involves the connotation of a fresh start with a clean slate marking a new beginning of a life lived in obedience to God. Revival breaks the charm and power of the world which binds the eyes of men and generates both the will and power to live in the world but not of the world. Let's see here. Um, revival in many, re- hang on, let me highlight this so I can read it a little bit. I'm gonna try to get through this as quick as possible. Let's go to scriptures on this. Okay. Um, let's see, uh, blah, 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 blah. revival in many respects replicates the believers, uh, experience when he or she is saved. It is initiated by a prompting of the Holy spirit creating an awareness of something missing or wrong in the believer's life that can only be righted by God. In turn, the Christian must respond from the heart, acknowledging his or her need. Then, in a powerful way, the Holy Spirit draws back the veil the world has cast over the truth, allowing the believers to fully see themselves in comparison to God's majesty and holiness. Obviously, such comparisons bring great humility. This is very true. Real Christians, real believers know that we are nothing, that we are hopeless sinners that are destined to 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 a fiery hell without God. We know this. All right, let's see. Uh, great humility, but also in great awe of God in his truly amazing grace. That's Isaiah 6, 5. Let's get to actual uh, scriptures here. Uh, Christ, uh, let's see, God through his Holy Spirit calls us to revival in a number of situations. Christ's letters to the seven churches reveal circumstances that many uh, uh, necessitate revival. Okay. In the letters to Ephesus, Christ praised the church of their perseverance and discernment, but he stated that they had forsaken their first love, Revelation 2, 4 through 5. Many times in the excitement of acceptance to Christ grows cold. This is true. Uh, We lose that zeal that we once had. We become bogged down in the ritual going through the motions, but we no longer experience the joy of serving Christ. Revival helps to restore the first love and passion for Christ. Revelations 2 Ten through eleven refers to the church of Smyrna, which was suffering intense persecution. The cares and worries of life can beat us down, leaving us emotionally, physically, and spiritually exhausted. Revival can lift us up to new hope and faith. Revelations two fourteen through fifteen talks about the problem of compromise with the world and incorporating worldly values into our belief systems. Revival helps us to rightly discern what values we should hold. Revelations 2, 22, 23 discusses the problem of tolerating false teaching in our churches. We need to examine the messaging that we hear and compare them to the messaging of the Bible. Revival helps us to find the truth. Uh, Revelations 3, 1 through 6 describes the dead church, a church that goes through the motions outwardly, but there is nothing underneath. Here is a picture of nominal Christianity, outwardly purpose. Uh, Oh, excuse me, outwardly prosperous, busy with externals of religious activity, but devoid of spiritual life and power. Revival helps to resurrect spiritual life. In Revelations 3.11, we are further warned against complacency, a life that does not bear fruit. All of these scenarios call for revival. All right. So with all of those facts. To me, it seems like true definition of revival is something that starts within believers to break out of the drudge and just the... Absurdity of the mundane of life because it is true this is why I believe that it is fundamentally important for people not to live this lie of well i don't need a church I you know I have encounters with God all the time on my own no 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 you need that refill you need a home church you need a community because as Christians we constantly are getting attacked we can't, it's very easy to get bogged down and in, in the mundane and lose that that thing that we once have. That's why you know a lot of people will say on fire for God, not on fire for God. Blah 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 blah. So uh, based off this research and this definitions and these definitions here, I disagree with the skeptics article in this area. I disagree that revival has to have these checked mark things to be considered a real revival because that that person speaks about it has to be this and that to lead people to the faith. But if you look up the scriptural meanings of revival, that's, that's not what that means. Revival is, it starts with believers, and it starts with the reigniting of the flame and the passion for Christ in believers. So I disagree with him on that. I also disagree with him in the sense of if it was a real revival, then these false teachers, these charlatans, whatever, wouldn't be drawn to it. What? Excuse me? I, I, I I would actually argue the opposite. If it is a real revival, you would think that sinners would be drawn to it because Jesus and the Holy Spirit draws people in. Do not get this confused here. I believe in true teachings of the Bible. But if you think that a man up there, a human being up there preaching the word of God, you think that person does anything to save and bring somebody to salvation? And or if they've already accepted Christ and they've started going a false way, bring them back to the faith. You think that person does that? No, God does that. We don't do nothing all we can do is represent what christianity is to the best of our abilities and it's god that does the rest and then the holy spirit goes inside of you and convicts and moves you etc so i disagree with that definition of what a revival is as well or especially how a revival starts i do agree that a church that is teaching false teaching and false doctrine if a true revival is breaking out that church will turn as well i do i do agree with that uh revival helps us discern between false teachings etc and and watered down christianity i believe that 100 percent. but i think we're encompassing two things at the same time we're saying that this Revival breakout at this Wesleyan church, the people that are experiencing the revival, we're we're coupling those people together. I just find it hard to believe that, that God only uses things that are absolutely what we as people would define as worthy of a revival to break out. A revival could break out in a prison, as far as I'm concerned. A revival could break out in somebody's basement. A revival could break out on the streets of Times Square in New York. I just don't believe that God is limited in that way. And the revival, if, if, if true scriptural definition of revival is the reigniting of the fire within believers that then spreads out across the nation— then doesn't this qualify as a revival? Again, this is just me asking. And again, I already stated that I am not the expert on revival. But here's what I know about Christian academia as well. I have a major problem with Christian academia because all it is is a bunch of people that interpret the Bible their own way, and all they do is regurgitate what they think is right. In fact, (laughs) one of the first things you learn in seminary is uh all seminary is is a bunch of theological doctorates that you go there to be a pastor but then they want you to write theological papers when that's not what your gifting is and all it is is people that think they're smarter than you and they understand better than you do give you their opinion on what the bible says so if we know that the church is the body of Christ absolutely not arguing that at all but we also know that Christ wants a relationship with people I I don't see how, I don't see how you can't, I, I don't see how that can't be a revival. And the people that are experiencing a reigniting of the flame of Jesus there, especially now that people are coming from all over the place, right? They're not coming there because it's a Wesleyan church. They're coming there because something is moving and God is, For some reason, is outpouring something at that church, and people just want a taste of it. People are so hungry for God because there are so many spiritually dead churches and counties and cities and states in America that people will literally come from all over when they know that 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 buddy God's bringing the house down somewhere. I just I don't know. To me, that would seem like a revival, and 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 to me, it's something that we should. We should not be talking down against it's something that we should be we should be rejoicing that there seems to be this reemergence emergence of, of of reigniting the fire and the passion for Christ. But that's just my opinion. Please let me know yours. Graham at dearamericamedia.com. That's all I have for this episode. Make sure to share it. If you are not subscribed to the YouTube channel, you are wrong and you need to do so immediately. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a review. give us five stars. It helps us uh, ah, It helps us in the rankings. That's all we have for this episode and we'll see you all again next time.